continue our series of Shemitah's inner message, we must mention the fact that, Baruch Hashem, we are now finally Bishnat HaShemitah. We are now in the midst of Shabbat HaAretz. Those of us who are privileged to be in the land of Israel are able to feel heightened by this expanded soul, this Neshama Yitera that we spoke about, that will accompany us for the entire year. And I must mention that before giving this year this morning, I had the privilege of having my first bite of a vegetable with Kedushat Shvi'it, a yellow pepper, and besides the beautiful taste, the warming taste of the fruit, the produce of Eretz Yisrael, the knowledge that I was taking part and partaking of Shabbat Ha'aretz, Vaita Shabbat Ha'aretz Lachem La'ochla, as the Torah tells us, that Shabbat Ha'aretz will be for you for eating, where, as we'll soon see, some understand there is even an element of a mitzvah in eating the produce of Eretz Yisrael that is Kadosh Bekdush HaTshvit that has this sanctified status. Finally, we're able to appreciate a little bit of this Shabbat HaAretz which we have been anxiously awaiting for. On this topic of La'ochla, which has been our topic for the past couple of weeks, we've noted that the word La'ochla which appears regarding Shabbat HaAretz is not a usage of the, of the root Ochel, that appears in too many places in the Torah. It appears twice in Parshat Bereshit, after the creation of man, twice in Parshat Noach, once in Parshat Beshalach, and once in Parshat Bahar. That is the entire time, save a mention, in a totally different context, regarding Tuma Vitara, those are the only mentions in the entire Torah of La'ochla. And we pointed out that there's extreme significance in this. The original La'ochla was told to Adam Arishon after he was created that all the food, the natural food which grows, Adam Arishon was not permitted to partake or eat of any animals, any animal life, only plant life. And there he is told La'ochla, he is given it to eat as well as the animals of the world can also partake of what naturally grows. Lo'ochl. Lo'ochl was repeated again by Noach before and after the Mabul. And Noach was told again about this new covenant that he had with HaKodesh Baruch Hu, that he is going to be the one who is going to continue Adam Harishon's purpose on the world. We defined how Lo'ochl is connected to the notion to the idea of Adam Arishon being put in this world law of Dolu Shamra, which essentially meant to be involved not in the physical acts of building the land. Because after all, Adam Arishon had not yet been cursed that he will eat lechem, he will eat bread, another term which is going to be very important very soon. He will eat bread by the sweat of his brow. But Adam Arishon was going was originally tasked with being involved in spiritual activities and gaining the physical sustenance in the Garden of Eden directly from the hand of God. But, as Samach Mem understood, that would make Adam's mission on this world all too, e- all too easy. All Adam Arisha would have to do was be involved in working in the spiritual realm and he would achieve physical success. This would catapult mankind way beyond the angels with such ease. And therefore, Samach Mem made it his business to possess the Nachash, says the Pirkei de Rebeliezer, and to be able to take, to 
lure Adam Arishon into eating from the Eitz Hadat and to be thrown out of Gan Eden and to be put into a world where a man has to work for his food. And if you have to work for your food, and if you, like Adam Arishon's son, Cain, become someone who's involved in agriculture, involved in acquisition, you could even kill your brother. You could lose all sight of your relationship with God. And that is the challenge which was posed to mankind after he didn't achieve the original La'ochla in its pure sense. Afterwards, Noach, the Mabul, was given another chance, but Noach planted Vayita. He planted Vayachal Noach, but he became unsanctified. He chose, which we discussed, whether it was a noble act or not, but the results were certainly not noble. Noach became drunk by that which he grew, and Noach veered away from the path. Afterwards, we find of Avram Avinu, the beginning of the line of what would become the Jewish people. And Avram Avinu, Yitzchak Avinu, Yaakov Avinu primarily worked as shepherds. They chose the profession of Hevel, not the profession of Cain. And they did not, save for Yitzchak, who saw the connection to Eretz Yisrael and the purpose of planting, they did not build an agricultural economy for the Jewish people in the land of Israel. It was on this context that we saw that Yosef dreamt a dream which distanced him from his brothers. How was he dreaming, dreaming about sheaves? How was Yosef dreaming about something so foreign to where the brothers were at that moment? But what ultimately happened is Yosef's dream prevailed. Yosef did become viceroy of Egypt. But in Egypt he told his brothers, do not take part in planting in the land. You are shepherds. Tell Paro you are shepherds. Ki to'avat Mitzrayim koroetzon. Those who are shepherds are the abomination of Egypt. Egypt was against everything that shepherding stood for. Spending your time not working on amassing your wealth, not working on building up your claim to the land, being involved in working of the needs of sheep or the like. It was so menial and so antithetical to what Egypt stood for. But when would the agricultural dream come back to life? The agricultural dream would not only come back to life, but it would become a reality upon the Jewish people's return to Eretz Yishol. But before the Jewish people return to Eretz Yishol, even before there is a need for them to spend 40 years in the desert, due to Chet HaMaraglim, the Jewish people experience in the desert a completely different form of eating. And it's this completely different form of eating which is described in the Torah and Parshat Peshalach in none other terms than this same word we find in Bereshit, Noach, and in Parshat Bahar in reference to Shabbat Arts, in reference to Shemitah, and that is La'ochla. The Torah says, Vayiru b'nei Yisrael vayimru ishalachiv manhu ki lo yada mahu The Jewish people referred to the man which was falling in the desert as man because they said, Mahu, they didn't know what it was. They were completely unfamiliar. They had not seen anything like this in Egypt, as you can well imagine. Vayomer Moshe Aleyhem. And Moshe said to them, listen to the words very carefully. Hu halechem. Asher natan Hashem lachem lo'ochla. This is the lechem which God gave you lo'ochla to eat. 
And then Moshe Rabbeinu continues by mentioning the unique halachot of the gathering and of the month. When gathering the man, everyone gathers in the morning an omer lagulgolet, an omer-sized portion for every head of the household, every individual in the household. This is the mitzvah of man. One could not gather anymore. If one would gather anymore, it would become spoiled, it would not last. There was only one exception to this, and that was Shabbat. Shabbat was unique within the gathering of the man in two ways. Number one, on Erev Shabbat, a double portion. A portion both for Friday as well as for Shabbat was given. And number two, unlike the man which every day would not last past that day, this double portion lasted into the day of Shabbat. A miraculous existence, not only of the man itself, but of the way in which it fell in Shabbat of the week in the desert. That was the man. But how did Moshe Rabbein refer to the man? Hu halechem! Asher natan Hashem lachem la'ochla. This is the bread. What do you mean this is the bread? So if we look back, what was Adam Arishon told when he was kicked out of Gan Eden for eating from the Eitz Hadad? He was told, Bezeat apecha tocha lechem. By the sweat of your brow you will eat bread. Now, the Jews are given lechem directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. La'ochla. For that same word, la'ochla, to be able to eat mishulchan gavoa, to be able to eat directly from the hand of God. How is mon referred to in the Torah? Hine anochim amtir lachem lechem min hashamayim. Here I'm going to rain down upon you lechem from the heavens. Mon is heavenly lechem, bread which comes directly to, from God. Now, this existence in the desert, one could imagine, was very easy. A person got every single day what he needed. He didn't have to work. He didn't have to worry. A very different existence from when the Jewish people would be put in the land of Israel, when the Jewish people would be subject, at least on the outside, to what seems natural causes, natural difficulties, the wondering, am I, am I going to have what to eat tomorrow? Are my investments going to do well? But more importantly, where does bread come from when the Jewish people move to the land of Israel? What bracha do we make on bread? Before we consume bread, we make the bracha, Baruch Atah Hashem, etc. Hamotzi lechem min ha'aretz. We turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we recognize Him as the one who takes lechem min ha'aretz. He takes lechem from the ground. What do you mean God takes lechem from the ground? How is bread created? Well, first you plant wheat. And after working and ensuring that it grows well, you go through the whole Sidura Depat. The first series of Malachot on Shabbat, 11 Malachot are Sidura Depat, the 11 things that need to be done in order to be able to get to bread. And here we refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as Hamotzi Lechem in Aretz. That it's you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who do so? It's only on the backdrop of the man that we can understand this. The man it was clear to recognize Hamotzi Lechem Min Hashamayim. Seemingly, seemingly, if there was a halacha of making brachot at the time, which is based upon a debate of whether the mitzvah of making brachot, brachot on foods before one eats 
is a mitzvah doraita or a mitzvah drabanan, assuming it's a mitzvah doraita, which the Ritva at the beginning of Hilchot Brachot seems to understand, as well as the Pnei Yoshua and others, what do you think the bracha they made on the man? Simple understanding, they said, Baruch Hashem Hamotzi Lechem Min Hashamayim. There it was clear. But what would happen when we would get to a point of Hamotzi Lechem Min Haaretz? What would happen? Would we be able to recognize that our eating actually comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, who was famous for his pushing the existence of the Jewish people on a supernatural existence, spending one's time fully learning Torah. Rav Shimon Bar Yochai spent 12 years in the cave with his son, who learned Torah and was survived by La'ochla, min ha-shamayim. He had a well of water, as well as a carob tree, and for 12 years he lived a subsistent existence on, that, on those basics. But Rav Shimon Bar Yochai pushed this as an ideal for the Jewish people. He said, if a person does the will of God, he doesn't have to be involved in Vyasafta de Ganecha. He doesn't have to be involved in gathering in his wheat, and then ultimately going through all the processes that will lead to Sidur de pra. But, if a man follows the will of God, Melachta Nasis Ha'ideacheirim, says the Gemara in Baruch Hoslam and Hamid Beis, in the name of Roshun Bayuchai. Then the Melachah will be done by others. Man will not have to take part in this menial effort. He will not have to be a part of the curse given to Adma Rishon that you have to work for your food. He'll be able to return to that Ghanaian existence. Will he'll be involved in spiritual pursuits, and yet at the same time, be able to physically support himself. And what does Rishum Ba Yochai say? He says, For this reason, Lonitna Torah Haman. The Torah was given to those who eat man in the desert. The Torah was given to those who don't have to be involved in the physical world. The Torah was given to those individuals who could clearly see that their food comes from the heavens. That is the ultimate La'ochla. Says Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, and the Jewish nation are supposed to be the nation of Torah, are supposed to recognize this, and while recognizing it, they're supposed to be cognizant of the fact that our physical efforts do not bring about our food. And because that's so difficult, says Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, the Torah was given to a nation who ate man, who had no qualms about it, who recognized clearly that their physical efforts were not what brought them their food. And Hashem Yochai continues, Ushmim lahem truma. And secondary to them is Shevet Levi. Shevet Levi subsisted of Kohanim and Leviim, who were supported by the masses. Why were they supported by the masses? Says the Rambam at the end of Shemitah v'yovel. At the end of the halachot of Shemitah and Yovah, what we're dealing with now, the Rambam says, Alam lo zelcha Levi benachlas avosav imechav. Why is it that Shevet Levi did not get a nachla, did not get in a land in Eretz Yisrael, and they were supported by Trumot and Maisrot. Lefi shehuv delu lavot et Hashem, lahorot drachav hayisharim umishpatav atzadikim lerabim. Shenemar yoru meshpatach liyakov toward Chal Yisrael. It was because Shevet Levi was put aside as the ones with the spiritual mission, the spiritual message. They were the ones who were supposed to teach Torah to the entire Jewish people. And therefore, their involvement in the physical land, the way others did so, would make it too difficult. 
And therefore, if Shimon Bar Yochai says, the ultimate goal is for everyone to live the Shevet Levi existence. As the Rambam continues, Velo Shevet Levi Bilvar al Kol Ish Ish Mi Boy Yisrael Asher Nadvaruchoto Vivinu Mideo Libadel. That it's not only Shevet Levi, says the Rambam, but anyone who possesses this desire, Asher Niso Libo, who has been raised, his heart has been raised by this challenge and by this passion to be a teacher of the Jewish people, to be involved in spiritual pursuits the entire time. This, the Rambam says, is the goal. But that goal does not provide physical wealth. At the time of the Gan Eden, it provided physical wealth. Adam Arishan was told, you can eat mikol tochel. Eat what you want, except for one. Now, Rav Shem Yochai was supported by a carob tree. Was supported by water, a minimal existence. Shevet Levi as well. The Rambam says you will be able to have a basic existence. You will not become wealthy, but do you really need the wealth? If you live a world of spiritual wealth, that is the ultimate question. This is the question which the Mon poses to the Jewish people. The Mon, this. La'ochla pre the la'ochla of Shabbat Haaretz, pre the la'ochla of entering into Eretz Yisrael. This man, which was supposed to be fed to the Jewish people for a short time, but in the end, due to Chayd Hamaraglim, due to the lack of desire of the Jewish people to change from their supernatural existence in the desert in order to go into this natural existence, that difficulty was possessed by the mitzvah of la'ochla to be able to eat. If we look a little bit more into the Mon, and we look into the Mon on the backdrop of the Jewish people's exiting of Egypt, it is clear to all that what Shemitah comes to do, what Shabbat Ha'aret with its mitzvah of La'ochla comes to do, is not only to return us to a perspective that applied to Adam Arishon at the time of Gan Eden, but to be able to guide us to create an economic society an agricultural society built upon completely different principles than the Jewish people saw in Egypt or anywhere else. The Jewish people are bidden to create an economy with a recognition of God, but to create an economy which is pure and not only economically based, but socially based. Not as socialism, but not as capitalism either. As an economy based upon the recognition of a redeemed existence, of a greater purpose to a person's lot in life. The messages started with the man, continued with trance, with showing the differences between the land of Israel and the land of Egypt. And in doing so, the Jewish people were able to clearly recognize, if they wanted to, the purpose of the Jewish economy, which is supposed to be pervasive in Eretz In order for the Jewish people to settle properly in Eretz Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu twice in Sefer Devarim, as he speaks to the Jewish people in his final days of his life, upon recognizing what is going to be whole the Jewish people when they come into Eretz Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu chooses to contrast life in Eretz Yisrael with life in the desert when the Jewish people consume the man and with life in Egypt. And upon doing so, let's read from Devarim Perkhet. The Rambam says, sorry, Moshe Rabbeinu says, 
want you to remember when you come into the land of Israel I want you to remember your 40 years in the desert the Torah describes the inui, the affliction and the nisoyon, the test of partaking from the mon while in the desert the Torah tells us very clearly that when you remember your time in the desert some understand that this is supposed to be remembered and said every single morning as one of the zechirot one of the mitzvot that a person has to remember every day it says that you should remember the time when HaKadosh Baruch Hu afflicted you and made you hungry and fed you the man which you had not known and your fathers had never known. And what's the purpose? To recognize Man does not live only by bread, but by the Word of God. These ideas are then contrasted directly to the Jewish people going into the land of Egypt. A land of Israel. For the Lord your God is bringing you to a good land, a land with streams of waters, with fountains and depths that flow from the valleys and the hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of old bearings, olives and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarceness, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose mountains you will mine brass, you will eat, you will be satisfied, and you will bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given. This is the description of coming into Eretz Yisrael based upon the backdrop and the contrast to the life of eating the mon. But the question is, what was so difficult about life eating the mon? Mon meant you had food directly from God. It meant that you knew when you woke up in the morning there'd be food to eat. You would not have to worry. So the Mepharshim discuss. Rashi explains the difficulty involved was the fact that the Jewish people had certain halachot as we mentioned the mon could not be given too much they had to gather what they were told double portions on Arab Shabbat these halachot might have been difficult to keep and therefore Rashi says that was the test involved in the mon as well as the difficulty involved however other mafarshim see it a little differently the Svornu explains that the test was to see whether you will do his will when he grants your sustenance without suffering there's a difficulty involved in the month, says the Svorna. When things are too easy, when you're not working hard, you might forget your responsibilities. It was specifically the lack of responsibility that man had. The lack of needing to daven for sustenance. The recognition that it will be there the next day, whether you're good or bad. Maybe it'll be a little more distant, you'll have to walk a little bit longer in order to get your man. But when all is said and done, it'll be there. The Svornu explains that is the test. However, the Ramban goes one step further. And he explains that the test involved being totally dependent on the mon, while in a desert lacking any other source of food. The mon taught reliance on God. The people were not in a position that they could fool themselves into thinking that they could get food from somewhere else. They were in a desert. There was nothing to plant. But that's a dual-edged sword. On the one hand, there's a recognition that the food comes from God, but there's the difficulty involved. If I'm not 
connected to God. If I don't rely on God, if I don't trust in God, there is no food. The Ktava Kabbalah explains this idea beautifully when explaining what is the nature of a Nisayon. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not need to test us. He knows what we'll decide. A Nisayon is for us to essentially test ourselves. For us to recognize, do we have what it takes? For us to convince ourselves by recognizing we do have what it takes. The Nisayon is the opportunity for man, more than an opportunity for a test from God. And therefore the period in the desert was a Nisayon for the Jewish people to see themselves, you can rely on God. Your food does come from God. And it's upon this backdrop that Moshe Rabbeinu warns them when you come into the land of Israel, it will be different. You will be working the land, you will be planting, you will be involved in an agricultural society. But when doing so, you will also have to recognize that that agricultural society is still supported by God. Don't think that what you physically put in your mouth is what actually gives you life. By the word of God. And it's only adherence to the word of God that will allow you to live in the land of Israel the way you should. That is the message that Moshe Rabbeinu provides to the Jewish people by contrast to the Mon. The Mon was to eat by the hand of God. But realize that eating from the hand of God is not only when Mon falls. That was the mission given to Adam Arishon and you're going to have to recognize that when coming to the land of Israel. But coming to the land of Israel, it is going to be difficult. And the, Moshe Rabbeinu does not stop here. Moshe Rabbeinu does not stop by contrasting the time that the Jewish people will spend in Eretz Yisrael as opposed to the time they spent in the desert. Moshe Rabbeinu contrasts it a couple of prokim later to when the Jewish people are going to be in Egypt. To the time that the Jewish people spent in Egypt. We are told, Kiloka Eretz Mitzrayimhi. Eretz Yisrael, its terrain, its whole topography, is very different than that of the land of Egypt. The land of Egypt was a land where it did not rain. I looked up the levels of rainfall in Egypt. Levels of rainfall are almost nothing. It is one of the most arid places in the world. So what do they do in Egypt? Very simple. In Egypt, they have the Nile River. And they work hard and they build canals. And by doing so, they're able to separate and be able to bring water to all of Egypt. They work very hard. They are completely kivayachol, as if to say, independent of God. God does not take part in their economy. And they built an economy where God had no part in it. They built an economy which was not civil, which was not moral, which was not ethical. They built an economy where the stronger you are, the more you possess, the more you take advantage of the weak, the more slaves and servants you have. That was the economy of Egypt. A completely corrupt, immoral economy. The land of Israel is completely different. Eretz, Moshe Rabbeinu says, what is Eretz Yisrael? Eretz Yisrael is a land where the eyes of God are on the land constantly. It's a land where lematara shamayim tishtemayim Lematar, an important word we'll see again in a moment, by this type of rain that comes from the heavens, Tishtamayim, that is how you are going to drink. What is the difference between this existence and the previous existence? 
Moshe Rabbeinu contrasts the existence of the Jewish people upon arriving in Eretz Yisrael both to their sojourn in Egypt as well as to their time of the month. Their sojourn in Egypt might have presented a very radicalized view of what an economy should be like. The economy of Egypt was essentially an economy of working the land without God, creating an immoral, unethical society with no recognition of God, and the Jewish people in their time in Egypt would unfortunately see this model. And there'd be good reason to believe that when the Jewish people enter into the land of Israel and they create an agricultural society, whereas we'll see the mitzvah is to plant, the mitzvah is to create a society, to build up Eretz Yishol, to be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Yishol of Eretz Yishol, of beautifying the land of Israel. In the process, what is the danger? The danger is they might build an economy like Egypt. And don't think for a moment that an economy like Egypt was not something that just about every nation would want. Egypt was the superpower of the day. They had economic success. But this was not how the land of Israel was supposed to be planned. The entire economic society of the land of Israel was a society with God consciousness. A society of a recognition that your food still comes from God. And the economy built to beautify the land and to take part and to be involved and no longer have the test of the man of total reliance on God. But a different test. A test of recognition that man's efforts succeed if they're blessed by God and they do not succeed if they don't. This is the economy. What happened in the desert? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I am going to rain upon you bread from the heavens. You will no longer have But what happens when the Jewish people come to Eretz Yisrael? When the Jewish people come to Eretz Yisrael, there is matar, but not matar of man, not man raining from the heavens, but there is matar hashamayim. Lematar hashamayim tishdemayim, the Pasuk says. Through the matar, this type of rain that comes from the heavens, you will drink. And what will you have? You'll have lechem. Your lechem will come in hashamayim. But unlike Egypt, it will come through rainfall. Unlike Egypt, where things, where man works hard and builds his canals, Asher Yishkita Barag Yarak, the Pasuk says, where you worked hard in order to do it. In Eretz Yisrael, it's going to be completely different. Eretz, Asher Tamid, Enei Hashem Hashanah, It's where the eyes of heaven are on the land. If you're going to succeed, it's because God wants you to succeed. And this brings us back to Gan Eden as well. The Nachash was cursed in Gan Eden for his taking part in distancing man from God. The Nachash was cursed. How is he cursed? He was cursed by his existence being one where he eats the dust of the earth. And many ask, what is so difficult? The Nachash is someone who doesn't have to work hard for food. The Nachash is one who can always find what to eat. You've never seen a snake die of starvation. He eats on the ground. So, what many Mepharshim explain is that's exactly it. The Nachash lives an existence devoid of God. He can't ask HaKadosh Baruch for anything because his needs are so minimal. He always has what he has. HaKadosh Baruch essentially told him, live your existence without me. I don't want you to take a single part. 
But what was Yaakov Avinu's bracha, where ultimately the Jewish people would return to Eretz Yisrael? The Yitain Lacha Mipala Shamayim Umishmanea Aret. The Rov Dagan Vetirosh. When are you going to have the Yitain Lacha? As Rashi says, Yitain Vyasur Vyitain. It is going to be a constant giving. Every single moment you will be given. Not once, not twice, but every single day. The Jewish people in the land of Israel live by the waters of the heaven. There is a rainy season, where if it rains in that rainy season, no work is necessary. We can essentially have mon min We can live this unique existence where we could recognize very clearly that hamotzi lechem in It is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not us, who brings the lechem from the land. And this is what the Torah says, Uveirach devachalta v'sabate v'rachta t'ashem alokecha al ha'aretz ha'tova asher nasamlach. When we think of benching, we often think that what is the mitzvah of Birkat HaMazon? The mitzvah of Birkat HaMazon is essentially a glorified rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for the food. But if you look, both within the Torah's presentation of Birkat HaMazon, as well as within the text of Birkat HaMazon, you see that that has nothing to do with the bracha that we say. The Torah says, you eat, you become satisfied, and you are mevarech Hashem, you recognize that Kodesh Baruch Hu is the source of all blessing, who gave us the land of Israel. Nowhere does it say you thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the food. And if you look in benching, except for when three people bench together and add another additional concept when speaking in their zimun, besides that the mention of benching, we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for being the sustainer of the world. But never do we thank Him for the food that we ate. Because eating is an opportunity to recognize God's hand in the land of Israel in our physical existence with the spiritual powers of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hands guiding everything. That is the mitzvah benching. Mitzvah benching is recognizing that the lechem that we eat comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He partners with us when we return to the land of Israel. It's not exactly like Mon. But it's Lamatara Shamayim Tishtemayim. It's a much more broad recognition of God. You don't only recognize God when the man falls in the morning. You recognize God the entire day. You recognize that what causes rain, what causes rain is one who listens to the word of God. In this Shemitah, where we get to take part, we eat, get to eat yellow peppers and other vegetables. From the land of Israel, we get to have a law. Lord reminds us, if we ever forgot, that our food comes from the heavens. We hope to continue during this Shabbat Haaretz to be able to present more ideas. Have a good day.